Hello, 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 and welcome to episode four, episode quattro, the fourth one of the Drunken Transfer Fantasy Premier League podcast. The dodgy transaction, the drunken transfer. <laughs> I am one of two co-hosts for this merry podcast. My name is Jacob, and I'm joined across the table in this very room by Finnegas Stockton. Hello, Hi there. Finn. Hi. Uh, it's been it's been fun. I've been. It's very not been happy. fun. We're about to talk about why you've not had a fun. Well, day. I was really g'd up. Uh, for the, the beginning of the the Fantasy Premier League season. So the hurt can start all again. Friday night, you and me, same picks on that Arsenal team. We did well. <laughs> Saturday, I thought, to be honest with you, I've managed to establish a small lead over you. And I thought, well, there's a chance that I might do well, but... And then all of your hopes and dreams were crushed once again. Yeah. You know how on episode one I accused you of being the worst <sighs> fantasy manager? You know, I don't want to say I was right, but I was right. Yeah, well, this look. This, it's a long old season. For context, it's game week two. Yeah. We just had game week one. That was last week. I ended up narrowly beating Finn by Seven the tightest of the margins. Thank you, Erling Haaland. It was all down mm. to you. This week, we're going to introduce two new features, one of which we're probably going to get on to doing quite soon, called Tank Your Rank. Tank Your Rank. Tank Your Rank. It rhymes, yeah. it's thematic. Every week we're going to nominate one of us as the the melon of the week. That's that's this is as part of Tank Your Rank. We're not yeah. just gonna And also how you can be a melon next week. Indeed. Yeah, Who so not to get it? If you if you have been a particular doofus when it comes to fantasy related matters, you can tweet us at Drunken Transfer on the Twitter sphere. And you too might be featuring on Tank Your Rank next week. Or the week after that. Or the week after that. And we've also got a new feature that we've only just brainstormed within the last 20 minutes called... Roll the Spice. Roll the Spice. It's like roll the dice, but roll the... Spice. Roll the Spice. Where we're going to nominate the spicy pick of the week. When we say spicy, we don't just mean completely out there like, oh, look, I've put Phil Jones in my team for this <laughs> week. By spicy, we mean it's, it's an out there, out of the box pick. That's a nice differential option that all of your mates probably haven't gone with but it's pretty astute all the same. So that's what's truly spicy, because anyone can be a nutter. On the last episode, we ran you through what we thought were our final drafts, but then with 10 minutes before the deadline, first game week, we had a bit of a tinker, didn't we, Finn? The the transfers that we make from here on out, hopefully, will be more akin to what we deliver. It's a Wednesday night right now. You know, by the time that Friday rolls around, there's not going to be too many changes. But when you're creating a squad of 15 players to start with, there's always always going to be room for manoeuvre. I mean, an hour before the deadline... Jaden Sancho was rumoured to be injured, so I had a massive existential crisis having had him in my draft for pretty much the entire time because he'd had a brilliant pre-season. Do I get him out? Do I keep him in? I opted to keep him in because I thought if I take him out and then he goes and ends up getting a good points haul, I will never forgive myself. Mm-hmm. But despite the fact that he was supposedly fit, he looked terribly unfit playing about 80 minutes and spoilers... Manchester United broke my heart. The well, are you really surprised at this no. point? The big problem with your Jaden Sancho pick was not the fact that he was poorly and or injured. It was the fact that he is 
a Manchester United player. Yeah. And um, they went on to obviously lose their first game 2-1 to Brighton. Finn stuck to his guns with, with Sancho. I had a bit of a tinker tinker where... Do you remember last week, if you were listening, Finn absolutely pasted and lambasted me for my Jack Grealish pick. He ended up getting the chop for Mason Mount. Yeah, who I thought was a, I think was a, a, a good decision against Everton. Um, perhaps a touch unfortunate that it didn't come off. Me upgrading Grealish to Mount came at the cost of downgrading Ramsdale, who kept a clean sheet for Arsenal in their opening day fixture against Palace, to the dreaded double four million Leicester keepers. And I said last episode that I wasn't going to get him in. I'm a hypocrite. I think that the double Leicester keepers fooled a lot of people, really, um, because I think that if you look at Leicester's defensive stats, they've not been very good. The one that you've now got to be concerned about is the fact that you picked both the yeah. four millioners. I, Ward and Everson. I had David Raya on my bench, so I had both goalkeepers. Yeah, but are game. you concerned about having two playing keepers every week? Not really, because either way, I'm, I'm going to get points. The big tinker that we absolutely have to talk about before we get on to Tank Your Rank is the big one. After having Kane for the majority of pre-season, I got wobbly knees at the last minute and rather profitably switched to Erling Haaland. Yeah. Who was the difference this week? I can't say that I regret not getting Haaland in because my plan was always to get Haaland in from game week two and start with Harry Kane. The fact that Kane blanked against Southampton. I mean, the mental thing is Southampton shipped four goals and Kane didn't get any, whereas... West Ham only shipped two goals and Holland got both. So that's the way that fans football can go. I think, I think go. in the same way that I think Mount was a, a good pick that didn't come off, I, I, I quantify Kane as that as well uh, because against that Southampton defence, which is dross, and they it's do bad. look They're like, in trouble. They look like relegation fodder. Yeah. And I know that I put them 19th, so I would just be saying that to fuel my own oh, yeah. prediction. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. they look dreadful. So, I, I, you know, I, I can't say that I regret it because I was never going to get Holland in. I think that other picks that we've had in our draft, for example, is Inchenko, yeah. who is in both of our draft for a wee while and end up scoring a 12-pointer that neither of us I mean, those are the ones you tend to regret more yeah I mean Zinchenko was in and out of our drafts for the whole of pre-season but in the here and now now that they're locked in mm. we have I'm sorry Finn I'm going to have to do it to you it's time for the inaugural tank your rank tank your rank and the thing that I imagine is probably going to tank your rank this week is not your own profligacy, because <laughs> like, let's let's be let's be honest here. You've just said you you were always planning on getting in Holland for Kane game week two. That's exactly what you set out to do. You didn't forget to do it. No. You know you were very organised and yeah. you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And Virgin Media, other internet providers are available. Uh, rather ironic for an internet provider called Virgin, dicked you. Don't sponsor us, Virgin Media. You can fuck up. We, we, don't, we need sponsorships, but you're out the window. Yeah, you're r- right bottom of the pile. Even if like we had to crawl over glass to get a sponsor, we wouldn't even I, go to Virgin Media. I made that transfer. I you made did. it on Sunday. After Holland scored his two goals, I thought, better get ahead of the curve here, because you know what? Loads of people are going to be getting Haaland in for Kane after Kane blanked. And they did. Probably a bit reactive, but lots of people are going to do it because Haaland's got Bournemouth. Yes, you know, who knows? He could have some fitness issues because it's a week away, but mm. let's get, get it done early. I'm usually against doing a, a, an early transfer, but let's get it done early just because of the price rights. We've got nothing in the bank. I made the transfer, didn't register. 
It's Kane hard. went down to 11.4. Haaland went up to 11.6. Yeah. Woke up on the Monday. Thought, oh, God, saw that on Twitter. Thought, thank God I've managed to do that switch early. Let's just go and have a little lover look at my team just to sort of kind of be able to benefit and appreciate the fact that I've managed to gain 0.1 of a million in fantasy overnight. Virtual money. Nothing, nothing good. And of course, Kane's still in the team. And now it's the massive quandary. Do I stick with Kane mm. and go with him against Chelsea when everyone's going to be captaining Holland yeah. against Bournemouth? Which is going to be, um, you know, if he it's does well, I'm fucked. Yeah. Or do I take a minus four, get Holland in, but have I taken a four point hit for nothing? I take the hit. I think I'm going to stick. Oh yeah. But, but I know, even though every time you look at Kane from now on, he's going to be a lasting <laughs> memento to Virgin Media's failure. I know it's bold, but Harry Kane has a very, very, very good record against top six opposition. So I'm thinking, stick with Kane. I may end up getting hurt, but I don't want to be too reactive too soon. And I think that the transfer is potentially, and again, we'll go to talk about this later on when we talk about our game week two plans, yep. better spent elsewhere. It's just a sickener. I was on a train when you messaged me saying, Jacob, the, here's what's happened. And my my heart just plummeted. So oh, I dread to, I I I dread to think, because you know, I'm usually one for twisting the knife oh. and go, ha ha, you know, but it's, it's my worst nightmare. And this early in the season, it's properly demoralising. So that is one way indeed to tank your rank. Yeah, well, should we just very quickly run through the um, rest of our teams? We both went for the Liverpool double up. Yep. Of course, that does not come up for us this week, but you know, it's early days. Cancelo, we both had, both did, you know, profited off a seven-pointer. Both had Ward. Yeah. Uh, then our differential defensive picks were Rhys James and Kieran Trippier, which turned out not to have any effect on where we ranked because they both got seven points. Yeah. Rhys James uh, picked up the bonus. He got two bonus in that game. Trippier, I still think, is a decent pick for you going yeah. forward. Um, so, yeah, no, it kind of was even Stevens, wasn't yeah. it, going into defence and goalkeeper. Midfield-wise... This is where things get interesting. Well, this my is... mount blanked, as we've already said. And my Sancho blanked. Yeah. Um, Salah, who we both captained. Exactly, did well. Yeah, yeah, ended up hauling. He's got a fantastic opening day record. Yeah, he? he really has. He's just, he's Mr. Reliable. Martinelli, we're glad we're on the Martinelli train because yeah, he scored but... the first goal of the Premier League season. I was gassed when that went in. Yeah, I was so happy. I thought, I'm on to a winner this week. But then the interesting one was, we ended up having four sort of kind of picks that were matched up against each other. The third one, and these were both three o'clock kickoffs on the Saturday, where I thought I'd got the edge on you, is that I really last minute, and this was Roll the Spice, I went for Rodrigo for Leeds because yeah. he'd had a good pre-season. And he scored. Very spicy. Very spicy. 0.9% of the game owned him yeah. really happy with it you picked Leon Bailey who's a bit more of a conventional pick didn't come off this week no and I'm worried now because even though the majority of like Villa forums and journalists I reckon that Coutinho is going to be the one to make way next week and yeah. Bailey's going to be still in the lineup. I am worried because I'm already thinking when I've got my two transfers which we're going to talk about later sure. if I roll this week he's going to be one that I'm thinking oh you're on the chopping block Leon I think that's a, a fair summation considering Villa's performance um, so you know I was heading into the Sunday with a, essentially, a essentially a four point cushion um, but then of course the last one was, was like we discussed Kane Holland so that was that was an 11 point made back Jesus is moot obviously because yeah. every man woman and child <laughs> owns him so we, we both watched Palace Arsenal on yes. Friday night yeah um, what were your impressions of Arsenal? They looked extremely impressive 
out the gates mm. and I'm thinking, okay, great, like, are Arsenal good again? And then that hypothetical question was kind of answered in the second half by going, like, okay, no, this is actually more like the Arsenal we're accustomed to, where Palace, who aren't mugs, by the way, because I've inexplicably backed them to finish seventh. <laughs> I know. Um, Palace, Palace played well in the second half. I mean, but also Arsenal, uh, they, they just went... I feel like they're a bit of a confidence beast. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Vieira has talked about Palace's fitness and he said that the pre-season wasn't optimal for them, basically. They had two different um, halves of the group, essentially having pre-season, one abroad and one in the UK. Back to individuals, yeah. um, I thought for Arsenal, even though I'm very pleased with my two Arsenal picks of Martinelli and Jesus, so I think I'm going to keep on picking the, up the points going forward. William Saliba, who is one that you call... Game week one, baby! No, episode one, baby! <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to inflate your head even more than it already is because otherwise we won't get you through the door. But but he looked excellent. It makes you wonder why have Arsenal, you know, been loaning him out all this time? Because I know he's come back from League Gun and just looks fantastic, doesn't it? Yeah, he looks fab. Um, and for 4.5 million, it's a really affordable way to get into that Arsenal defence after that performance. He's not leaving centre-back. Zinchenko at five as well, of course. He got the 12-pointer, he got the assist, uh, and it looks like he's doing what he did uh, in Guardiola's system and, and tucking into a sort of more inverted yeah. central midfield full-back role, uh, which could be good for It was like asymmetrical, wasn't yeah. it? And uh, it was really clever corner routine by the way for his assist really nice yeah, yeah so, really nice so Arsenal I think they look handy here's a fun fact for you William Saliba registered the fifth highest top speed this Premier League game week, did he really which is quite surprising isn't it he, he got up to 34.5 kilometres an hour from Liverpool I watched you were going to Reading so you didn't yep. catch it now again look you said Fulham yep Fulham were buggered yeah, I, I'm so used to Fulham being wanked now. I mean, Reading have played them. I mean, even Reading beat them in the Championship last year, right? And they, they haven't really pulled up trees in the transfer market. They've signed Kevin and Babu. There's one signing you've identified in particular as being a bit of a game-changer for Fulham. Talk us I, through. Well, I t- I'd messaged this to you 20 minutes into the game saying how unbelievably impressed I was, and he never relented, and that's Jao Polinia. Yeah. Uh, he Portuguese. To- Portuguese, yeah, and um, Sporting Lisbon. He seems to have given a really, really, really good structure to that defence, um, sitting in front of Tosin Adarabayo and Tim Ream. And of course, that's the one area for Fulham that they have, you know, even said publicly, uh, Marco Silva, they have got two fit centre backs in mm. Ream and Adarabayo. Yeah. Um, but he made them look so solid defensively. It makes you wonder with Ita Diop, who's literally just been transferred in today, with Diop and Tosin, because Ream's 35, he's probably not going to play. It's quite that you call him tossing. Yeah, yeah, well, that's easily on that shirt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, with 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 the, with the pair of them and Paulinho sat in front, um, I, I think they could be decent this season. I what I was really impressed with about Fulham was sometimes when you watch these lower league teams boss uh, the likes of Liverpool, Man City, really, really infrequently. You go, well, they've just played extraordinarily well today. With Fulham, it wasn't that. There was a system in mm. place. They looked hungry. They did. They looked hungry. I saw they were match aggressive. Of the day afterwards and I just, they were snapping it at Liverpool. I cannot praise them enough. I thought they were brilliant. And I think that Paulinho's signing is potentially going to be one of the signings of the season. And he does open up the option to get 
Fulham assets in, well, which I think moving forward could be really savvy. Plenty of time for Fulham to spectacularly implode this season. <laughs> um, Mitrovic as well, who after a record-breaking season in the Championship last year, everyone's thinking, oh, is he going to have another Mitrovic season where he can't make the step up? I reckon Marco Silva had told him that he was playing Barnsley or something <laughs> because um, he looked really up for it. There are a couple of names for Liverpool that I wasn't bold enough to go with in my drafts because... I was pretty set on having Trent, Robbo, Salah, right? Mm. But I just I think it's a matter of time until Darwin Nunez comes into the equation for people at nine million. Well, the, yeah, the, the the answer to the dilemma of Robertson versus Diaz was Nunez. Yeah, um, he looked really good. Bournemouth versus Aston Villa. The highlight, the headline: Don't bank on Villa defensively. Yeah, they well, were shocking. It's funny because I kind of thought that Villa would have a better start to the season than they did have. a in terms of having the ropey back end of last year because you know they made sign-ins and, and of course I've got Leon Bailey in my own team because he had a red hot pre-season mm. but yeah I was surprised because Bournemouth I think for me are finishing dead last and, well, and they've got points on the board early I think that there is danger of that 2-0 potentially being a, a false dawn for Bournemouth because mm. Villa were woeful there's um, the whole weird Tyrone Mings politics well, going on there as well this is it you know defensively they did not perform well Mings has had the captaincy stripped off of him Esri Konza started in his stead and Gerard basically said in those post-match interviews when asked whether Mings didn't play because of his reaction to having the captaincy stripped a bit, he said yeah. Yeah, they, they something needs to change um, for Villa quickly because, um, like I said, otherwise I'm going to have to reconsider the whole yeah. Bailey ting. Next, let's move on. Leeds Wolves? Yeah, why not? Because, I mean, I haven't got any of their assets, but... You know, you've been, for those of you at home, just made a cheersing motion out of it because Mr. Rodrigo over there um, with with your savvy spice. I was feeling awfully smug about Rodrigo on the It doesn't take a lot to make you awfully smug. No, you're completely correct. And the shine was worn off with Horn and Kane, but he'd got a hat trick in his preseason match before that. Hmm. I really, very nearly went for Brendan Aronson. Who, Uh, by the way, were it not for the fact that it got registered as an own goal in the end, would have had a goal. And he was brilliant as well. Looked very, very sharp. Really sharp, yeah. I completely agree. Um, And so that would have been a real sickener if I'd gone for Aronson. I went for Rodrigo because of the penalties Hmm. that it forces on as well. Aronson's one that Honestly, if I can rustle up the extra funds, I might be upgrading Bailey to Aronson if I can if I can work. I out. think that's I think that's wise. I think a lot of people are looking at him now and going that that would be a good one. To Wolves, get him. <sighs> oh, wolves, aren't they? Yeah, I I think you know Neto did look bright again. He didn't he didn't manage to get any goals. This is the thing that I worry about with Neto because you know he he often does this, doesn't he? Sort of like well, you're like, oh, he looks really lively, he looks really good, but then does that translate to points? He was the assistant. To the assister. Yeah. Uh, he, he played a really smart ball to Huang for the, the Pedence goal. So um, I think I'd still keep at, at it with Neto. I certainly would If you've got get... Bailey or Neto this week, I'd probably hold both of them. Yeah. It's it, it kind of in territory of like, if you haven't got them, don't bring them in. But if you have got them, hold them. Sage advice, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I, I think in terms of Leeds Wolves, both teams' assets actually look not too bad. Mm. Um, Newcastle Forest. Okay, yeah, I, I've... This kind of went how I expected it to go. I, I put 2-0 on my Super 6. It yeah. was 2-0. It was classic, really. I thought Newcastle were, were very slick. Joe Linton, Guimaraes, really good. 
Forest look like a team who uh, are going to need time to gel. Yeah, and they look like a team that needs a d- division. Yeah. And, you know, there's no shame in that. Uh, also, everyone was talking about how brilliant Fabian Scher's goal was. No one was talking about how brilliant Callum Wilson's goal was. Yeah, and also Callum, Callum oh. Wilson was high up the bookies odds for goal scorers before the game week kicked yeah. off. And, you know, yeah. entirely I've seen a few people right. have Wilson in from, from game week one. I saw I think a particularly really spicy draft on Twitter spicy. where um, this, this guy, I forget his name... He had a five back, and his lone striker was Callum Wilson. Really? Yeah. yeah. Completely, like, forget about Holland or Kane. That is that completely is bold. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like that. No, again. I, I, I'm, I'm going to consider Callum Wilson, but the, the problem is with Wilson is does he stay fit? Well, yeah. I mean, he's never going to play a full season, is he? Right. Mm. Next. Spurs Southampton. Oh yeah, Spurs killed him. I mean, destruction. We said earlier on Southampton are not long for this world, um, and I think that's about apt. Um, the, the difficult thing is for Spurs' defensive assets. I think that's the real uh, fantasy highlight from Just the game. trying to work out who plays for Spurs. I mean, we were quite fortunate there was a bit of a leak before kickoff. Yes, um, there was, wasn't there? It, I said to you how I was toying with the idea of Kulisevsky for my 8 million midfielder pick. And, you know, I... I always kind of back him to be in amongst it and I wish I'd stuck to my guns but you know yeah. he looked really really good he ended up on a 13 pointer Kane was I think by all accounts kind of unlucky not to be amongst the four goals I think if I had Haaland I probably would have gone Kulisevsky because mm. I think that um, you you did pro- you did want Spurs representation from that game really the one that was interesting for me is Ryan Sessegnon at 4.5 mil because everyone had Perisic in their team Obviously, he didn't play at left wing back, and Cessignon played a blinder. Spurs have got a fullback fetish, or rather <laughs> Conte does, because as we speak, uh, I'm actually just scrolling. Uh, oh, really? Fancy FPL on Reddit. Yeah. Uh, who, I can't help but notice that they just agreed a 20 million euro deal to sign Destiny a doggy. They love a fullback. They do. So, um, but it's really just I'm going to wait and see as to who settles on the team sheet I think I agree making I agree because Perisic is another one who's not look, he was pictured in split in Croatia this week so it's looking like he might not be fit even for game week two Ooh. Can, I, can I make a bold prediction go right on now? not me. fantasy related mm. but a real could be a real left wing shout for Gareth Southgate's World Cup squad what Ryan calling Sess- up Perisic Ryan Sessignon oh okay <laughs> <laughs> English second yeah. Par- Perisic had an English grandmother <laughs> yeah no, I think Sessegnon, uh, you, you look at the dearth of um, left-backs right now for the, yeah. the country, because Chill was always injured, Shaw's in awful form. Um, Sessegnon might... Still young as well. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I mean, like, Could this be his breakthrough season? England are another team sport for full-backs, though, yeah. must be said. Right, let's move on. Yeah, Everton-Chelsea is one that there isn't too much to talk about, really. I um, guess on paper, the real surprise going in was that Chelsea didn't spank him more given Everton's problems. But really, I mean, Chelsea, I didn't think were that... They were fine. Um, Everton didn't have a focal point, so Chelsea were able to soak up any possession that was cleared, which meant that it was sort of wave after wave. But I didn't think that they looked massively like scoring. disappointing thing for me was Mount at a very quiet game was actually hooked in the 65th minute. So he was subbed really, really early, which has kind of made my toes curl and me go eek. 
RIP to our fallen king, Timo Werner. Oh God, yeah, he's gone to Leipzig. Really funny. We were saying yesterday how the BBC's write-up of his exit was quite flattering. Saying, oh, we always tried. The fans were really liked him. <laughs> he was popular on the training ground. And The Athletic, who still don't sponsor us, by the way, were like, yeah, Chelsea won't miss Werner. He offered very little value for money. <laughs> and we really slaughtered Yeah, him. killed. But obviously fell out of the manager. Rising was on the wall. Yeah. Cheerio, Timo. You won't be missed by me either. So. Leicester Brentford. Yep. We talked about the Leicester um, keeper double up not coming off. Um, Madison is the one that you, you really got to look at. Because I think a lot of people overlooked him at 8 million. Because 8 mil is expensive. Um, Dewsbury Hall as well. Dewsbury Hall was good. I did see it. Uh, and again, Dewsbury Hall was someone that I called on at 5 million to be a, a, a good shout. I did see a graph on Tinternet, um, Tinternet that said that Dewsbury Hall outside of his 30 yard screamer and boy what a goal it was yeah. didn't actually offer any other attacking yeah, threat so maybe so, hold fire on that count but it'd be interesting to see what the Leicester team looks like by the time the windows slam shut because obviously there are question marks over Telemans yeah. who isn't really a fancy asset Madison that you've identified looked quite lively yeah. uh, for fans probably gone as well that mm. looks inevitable so I don't know. I still think Leicester are really going to struggle this season. But um, Brentford, Ivan Tony's in amongst the goals nice and early. Yeah, he was in one of my drafts as well, Tony. I, 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 I thought about potentially getting him in. He's, one, in- he's, he's interesting, Tony, because in terms of price structures, he's one of the only real viable strikers around that price point, isn't he? He's seven-something. Tony and Callum Wilson are the yeah. only two, I think, really, at the moment. And I know it's easy to say that because they just scored. But, you know, also, I said Aaron Hickey might be a good shout. And he, um, by, according to Brentford fans, had a really good debut. Um, oh, there you go. So, Want to keep an eye on. Yeah, potentially. The, again, the interesting thing is probably not the game, but the transfer news which has been completed today, which is that Mikkel Damsgaard has signed. Mm. Five now, years. Yeah. They love a Dane. Yeah, they do love a Dane. It's really good signing, though. Yeah, it is a good signing. And I think that he will fill that Christian Eriksen shaped creative void. So, mm. could be good. Could be yeah. an option. Yeah. It's, uh, I've, I've always been really impressed. I mean, he had an excellent accent, Euros. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's Brentford's hopefully aren't going to have one of those dreaded second seasons they still look quite handy under the weird tutelage of the weird Thomas Frank who you hate inexplicably for no reason I'm a man of I'm a man of (laughs) weird biases yeah um let's get on to United Brighton (laughs) listen instead of reopening old wounds or rather fresh wounds let's just treat this as sort of one-on-one couples therapy would right? you like to read my notes for United Brighton he's rotating the laptop he's rotating the laptop uh, okay Caicedo Welbeck pain yeah it's, I think nothing sums up United's current plight more than the fact that Danny Welbeck is all of a sudden terrorising United years after he left and also Caicedo who United turned up turn their nose up at the opportunity of signing in for a cut price four million when offered Fuming. absolutely boss the midfield United Fuming. were at six and sevens it was just the same problems just same problems different manager same McFred yeah um, in terms of people that I was seriously impressed with like from the games that I watched live this week um, 
very closely behind Jao Polinia was Moises Caicedo. I thought he was brilliant for Brighton. I mean, he it just completely bossed our midfield. And like you say, the fact that we could have bought him for four mil yeah. is just a sick and a But room. just indicative of the dysfunction that is still going on at yeah. the club. I mean, for a man who had Rashford in his draft all pre-season, <laughs> and my, my podcast co-host was telling me, Jacob, don't do it to yourself. Jacob, don't do it to yourself. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I thought we were on the Sancho banana skin, though. So, well, you know when like a plane is hurtling to earth and like the engines have failed, and then all of a sudden <laughs> you sort of like pull up at the last minute and avoid disaster. That was me and Rashford. Yeah. Whereas your Sancho biplane has actually careened into the tarmac and exploded <laughs> and killed everyone on board. I think I should have I, I should have listened to the the, the lack of fitness reports because he, he he didn't play well. I, I hope that he's he's fitter next week uh, I am going to hold on to him for Brentford mainly because there's no one to sell him I, mean, I could sell him for Gundogan everyone would have been very very excited as we record now if the whole Ericsson as false nine experiment had come off because everyone would have been going oh my god Ericsson's playing up top It'd be, it's so good it, it didn't work he, got, am, he ended up having to drop back to do everyone's job for I'm him. really excited about Ten Hag's era however Objectively, in his first game, playing Ericsson as a false nine was quite strange. Ronaldo didn't get on the pitch until later. Uh, Lissandro Martinez had a so-so debut. Yeah, shaky, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I, if, don't don't invest. In don't invest in it. I mean, you don't need us to tell you that. I mean, like if if you're if you're looking for like groundbreaking Manchester United advice, you know you you're not going to get it here. But like, just don't don't do it to yourself. I tell you, stay what, away. My heart simultaneously rose and sank when that first goal went in for us when it looked like we might get back into the game because I'd had Dallow in my draft for the last few weeks and then obviously got him out last minute because I thought well with all these injuries it might doesn't look good we probably will concede and so when it went in and I saw Dallow run off to celebrate I did not know how to feel <laughs> and that you should have despair and just blind this death. is what fancy football does to you, you know? yeah and of course it didn't it wasn't this guy. off the press um, it might not be Dallow at right back for, for my longer because it looks like you've been linked once again to Max Aaron's today. That right no. Now? Yep. Have we? Yep. I think that's a rubbish potential. Better than Arn Altovich. Oh, you know who I was also looking forward to putting in in my uh, I in my want to cry. I think we better move on before Finn has any more of a breakdown. His therapy bills are already spiralling way out of what this see, podcast can afford. Seeing Holland and then seeing Nunes. <sighs> It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Just every time he closes his eyes, he thinks of David Haye like spanking out a play again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a nightmare from which you can never awake. All of that positivity is drained and gone, and we're going to have now... another sip of your beer. It's not called the drunken transfer for nothing. <laughs> beer is a the sober therapy session is what we should rebrand to. There you go, he's finished it off. God, how bleak. How bleak. Let's move on. Should we talk Just as things were lightening up. I mean, I'm a very smug Erling Haaland owner. Because so. not only have I scooped a 13-pointer on his debut, and, and honestly, he looked absolutely yeah. deadly. I, you don't like, after game with one, to say he's a must-own, but he's probably the closest thing in that City team to a must-own. I, pro- I think he's more of a must-own than anyone else in that City team. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and the thing Got to be my I'm, captain for next week. He is, yeah. 
Yeah, gotta be. Yeah, and the thing that I'm slightly scared about is looking at City versus Bournemouth with Holland as such a lethal strike force is that I currently only have Cancelo in the team but yeah I mean yeah City killed West Ham um, I think it's a bit too difficult to judge West, West Ham, Ham by all accounts played alright I think it's yeah. just City just kind of did City things yeah I, I, I agree um, so look moving on to this next week coming up yeah. um, do you want to talk a little bit about your plan yeah I mean the interesting thing is I'm quite happy that my premiums are Salah and Holland because they rotate really nicely for the next few weeks mm-hmm. really I mean you can if if you do a breakdown of fixtures, it's looking like I'm going to captain Hall in next week against Bournemouth, then Newcastle, then jump on Salah for his Bournemouth fixture, then jump back onto Holland for Forest, yada yada yada. Yeah. So between between Bournemouth and Bournemouth for Holland and Salah for for Palace next week, it's got to be Holland against Bournemouth. But even so, Liverpool have scored 27 goals in their last eight league meetings with Palace, which yes. is pretty scary. I think Salah Holland allows you to postpone the wild card, which is nice. Um, whereas for me, I'm now probably looking at my wildcard a little bit sooner if Holland continues in the vein that he has started in. Which yep. There is no reason to suggest that he wouldn't, right? So for me, it's right. It's, it's bank the transfer or or, or roll the dice and and and, and get a, take a minus four to get Holland in. Currently, I'm I am well. I say I'm going to bank the transfer. I have got my eyes on a couple of other assets who I might try and get in. I I'm thinking at the moment, despite the fact that I, the Trippier was such a good game week one pick. Game week two is away to Brighton, um, which again, there's no reason to suggest that Newcastle wouldn't get a clean sheet. It's not guaranteed. And then he's got Man City. Yeah. So uh, there's... It's, it's, well, I think you know, Drippy is a longer term keep for me. Yeah, but, no, I don't know, but I'm, just, I'm, I'm thinking Kyle Walker, yeah, potentially. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're probably doing that with clean sheets in mind, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Bournemouth. You're not going to be getting in Dom Solanke anytime soon. I think if you're going to go anywhere else, go Arsenal on the defence. Yeah, I, I think for me, Saliba's an intriguing pick. He really is. I won't be getting him in in a rush. He's sort of maybe on a wild card for me. I'm very, 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 very happy to roll the transfer this week. Yeah. Very happy. I th- honestly, there are no immediate fires that need putting out in my team. I was thinking of maybe a sideways move of like Mount to a City asset who looked the most impressive, but there weren't many standout City mid-priced midfielders that jumped out to me because... Amares didn't start last week, might start this week, but, you know, it's not an immediate upgrade on Mount. Foden is probably more likely to start than not, but again, I'm not in a rush to get him in. Potential long-term proposition, I think, could be Gundogan. Yeah, Um, especially if Bernardo ends up going to Barca, who are just buying everyone at the moment. Precisely, that's exactly what I was going to... Yeah, I I think that... um, if he is in that, because they they swapped roles, didn't they? Really, um, you know, it was Gundogan a couple of seasons ago, and then Bernardo Silva took but that mantle Gund- last Gundogan season. Does, Gundogan again, is, he, he does so much running in that city, too, yeah, and he's really really mobile. And, you know, the only thing is he won't be on pens like he was a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, but, yeah. but that was mad how Gundogan had. Yeah, it was such a good. I managed to get on that bound. Yeah, and I didn't. I was really stubborn and arrogant. I was like, oh, he's gonna it's gonna dry up at some point, and it never did. So yeah, for next week, I'm I'm quite happy to keep my lineup of war. Ward, Cancelo, James, Trent, Robbo, Bailey, Martinelli, Salah, Mount, Jesus and Captain Erling Haaland. Well, and I think if... Uh, uh, how many of those are home games? Uh, a few, because I think... I, I say a few. 
they're all home games yeah. except for Ward, Ward. and Goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, biggest tinker for next week. I've moved Andreas Pereira to first on my bench just in case Bailey doesn't play and off the back of his very impressive showing against Liverpool. And that's the one piece of sage advice I was going to offer as well. If you've got an option like Bailey, like you've got, right, Jake? If you've got Pereira on your bench. He was a little bit uh, profligate in terms of his passing accuracy. He was trying to make a lot of things happen very quickly and gave the ball away a few too many times what he probably shouldn't have done against Liverpool. However, the, the, the glass half empty side of that is that he was incredibly positive in terms of looking forward. So if you've got someone who you weren't too happy about, who was sort of maybe a, a, a lower asset, whether it be a defender or a midfielder, and you've got Pereira first on your bench, away to Wolves, I think it's a savvy shout. Yep, that's uh, that's pretty sage. That's probably the most sensible thing you said all day. <laughs> I don't like it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we put a, put a lid on that and move on to the first edition of... Go on, do the honours. Roll the spice! Spicy, spicy. We're probably going to have to get a jingle made up. Yeah, that's in lieu of a jingle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just did a live like acapella jingle for us I've sort of got the visualisation of a dice just being... Like sort of flicked across a table and then seeing it land at the end of a croupier and then just fire. You've you've put far too much thought into this. I hope you've put. <laughs> I only created it about half an hour ago. Well, <laughs> I hope you put as much thought into yeah. your spice pick because I'll let you do the honours because I'm still umming and ahhing over my. Do you want my? Who's your spicy differential pick for this week if you had to have one? So it, you know, if I was looking at it and going, I'm 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 really tempted to take a risk. Uh, I think if you look in terms of who were the best performers in week one and the teams that really caught my eye, and I have banged on about them, Mm. the team that really caught my eye was, of course, Fulham. Not a lot of people are going to be getting Fulham assets in, understandably. Even less people are going to be getting defensive Fulham assets in. This is bold. However, Paulinia, at the crux of that midfield has, in terms of what I've seen, and again, it might be different against the team that is of a lesser quality than Liverpool, Fulham's next two games are Wolves and Brentford. Mm. From what I've seen, Polinia has enabled a slightly more attacking approach with regards to their fullbacks. Kenny Tete started at right back, and there is a potential that Kevin and Barbu may come in at some point because he's a new signing, um, so I wouldn't bank on either of them. Mm. However, a left back, a player who, in the same vein that sort of Ryan Sessegnon has been sort of kind of touted to potentially be a wonder kid for some time and then you know he may end up having that breakthrough season this season the left back for Fulham is Anthony Robinson and he has been very good with his attacking output in the past so my roll the spice pick this week is Anthony Robinson that's very spicy he's currently owned by 0.1% of the game and he is four and a half million but Do you reckon the point one is like his mum, his dad, his brother, <laughs> his sister, his granddad, like or the entire Robinson you a, household? You have to be a proper Fulham ultra to go Anthony Robinson. I I, I think he could be he, he could be uh, a decent shout. Uh, you know who knows? But Fulham may end up continuing to have those defensive issues. But with Issa Diop just signed as well. I thought they were okay defensively this week. I think if they play Diop and Tossin at centre back with Palinia in front, they could be even better. And then. With what we, we saw Tete put the ball in for Mitrovic, it was wonderful. We saw Robinson bomb up the left-hand side as well. Could be good, but, you know, it's spicy. It is spicy. And I, I was I was going to go with 
a similarly sort of like boring white shirted fullback pick in the form of Ryan Sessignon. Oh, okay. You know? yeah. But I, I'm starting to have second thoughts now because I mean, even though he, you know, he's in 4.5, nice price range, you know, seems to be starting for Spurs, you know, ended up game week one on seven points, yada, yada, yada. I'm actually just going to twist the Manchester United knife even further and go for. I think a 4.5 midfield option I think a lot of people have overlooked because obviously we've we've harped on about Pereira. Yeah. Might not necessarily be the week for him next week, who I'm about to say, but I think moving forward in terms of the fixtures he's got, I'm going to be really interested to get him in moving forward. I was really impressed with him in game week one. It's Josh, Josh De Silva. Silva. Yes. And honestly, against United, I, I kind of back him, you know? I mean, well, seeing how, how he United... He didn't start. No, he didn't, he didn't but when he came on, he looked... Very lovely. And the goal was great. Yeah, very lovely. So honestly, I think, for me, if if I'm going slightly more boring, I'd say Sessegnon. Otherwise, I'm, I've earmarked, you know, when you do the sort of like foldy down corner bit on the page <laughs> of a book you're re- reading, uh, Josh De Silva for next week. Mark my words, he's going to get a hat trick. We are going to have to, at some point with these picks, at some point we're going to have to get them in the week that we suggest them. Oh, yeah. um, but we'll, 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 Put we'll, our money where our mouth <laughs> is. <laughs> exactly, because yeah. there's not a chance we're transferring. Oh, no, 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 no. But it could be an option for people listening. Uh, we are going to put up on Twitter... Um, a, a poll, one of those fancy poll things. Ooh. So you, yes, you, listening to this humble podcast, can choose who your favourite Roll the Spice pick is who? for episode four of the Drunken Transfer podcast. Who is the spiciest of them all? Well, see, I've got pedigree now. I've got spice pedigree because yeah. uh, we put up a tweet asking uh, the good people of Twitter whose draft they preferred out of mine or yours, and mine did come out on top. Yeah, and hey, look, it was seven points better for game week one. So So they know what they're talking about, people of the denizens of the web. Fuck (laughs) them. That's right, Finn. Alienate your audience after episode four. That's right, yeah, yeah, our loyal following that we're slowly building up, listener by listener. Fuck them, yeah, that's right. You, You tell people what you really think. The mask has slipped. What an arsehole. What a prick. Ooh, what a right. way to end! You, you are one of a kind. You are. <laughs> All the same, it's been a reasonable pleasure presenting this latest episode with you. I've enjoyed it. I hope to be in a better mood coming next. You week. won't be. I know what you like. Brentford Unis. <laughs> <laughs> I would love nothing more, mind you. When Reading get pasted by Rotherham a weekend in the New York New York Stadium up north, we could, we yeah. can probably you know just cry on each other. Yeah, you know how in the description on Spotify it said that we were I can't remember how we described ourselves like somber twenty somethings or withering twenty somethings. <laughs> I, I was thinking we were far too upbeat for the first three episodes, but I'm glad we've yeah. we've sort of succumbed this week. Well, it's because the it's because the football's back. <laughs> it's just because the football's <laughs> back. Because the, the fantasy pain is real. The fantasy pain is real. The football is back. We will also be back for episode five next week after the dust has settled from game week two of this fantasy football season cheers for listening everyone we really do appreciate it follow us on twitter if you haven't already at drunken transfer and this has been me jacob southcline and me finn stockton and we'll see slash hear you next time cheerio for now and bye-bye bye-bye